Eight years ago, three nerds created a little independent wrestling podcast that could, but over time, that podcast has grown into not just covering wrestling, but all things under the nerd rainbow. From Marvel to the Muppets, from Frank Sinatra to Count Chocula, from Mickey Mouse to CM Punk. Now, here is some combination of Chad, Zach, and Luna as we welcome you to the IndieCast. All nerd, all the time, exclusively on the WNR. You ever see the movie Stay Tuned with John Ritter? I have not. It's like a horror family movie where John Ritter <laughs> and his wife get sucked into a series of TV shows run by okay. the devil. And there's a Saturday Night Dead segment where it's like zombie Wayne and Garth. Amazing. Yeah. And I think about that when you did the Wayne's World countdown. Because you actually <laughs> remind me of like the uh, the comedic chops of a good John Ritter. I will ac- I will accept that happily. Good physical comedian, John Ritter. I'm okay. Yeah, he was a uh, very underrated comedian too. I think uh, a lot of times so. I, he did he did the fucking it movie, the TV movie, and then it was just like, oh, he, I think he might be kind of a serious actor. And it was like, no, he was a great comedic actor. He had some great uh, great dramatic roles too. I'm trying to remember. He was in. Um, some movie with Billy Bob Thornton. He was I in Bad Santa. Remember. He played like the square because he was like the mall manager or whatever. But I thought he had done something else with him too, like something oh, a little maybe. more serious than that. I, I think he like did, he might have been in like Sling Blade. I'll oh, possibly look that up later. I think he might have been in Sling Blade. So anyway, hey, <laughs> non-binary pals, it's the IndieCast. Uh, I am Zach Romero. Joining me here as always is Chad Allen. Chad. How you doing tonight, pal? Hey, everybody. That was the greatest, like, cold open I think you've ever done in quite a while, too. You <laughs> just completely just, like, randomly. Have you ever seen this John Ritter movie? It's, like, it's a, it's a decent that movie. Was, uh, I'm sure it was. I just wasn't expecting that to be the lead-in today, but I like it. So, uh, Anyways, so, uh, well, th- there was, um, I don't remember what pod. Oh, um, Almost Cult Classics is another podcast I listened to, and they were doing, like, a big deep dive on it, and we're mostly shitting on it. But, uh but I was like, I have seen that movie. It's an interesting film. But anyway, uh, no guests this week. Huge ups to literally goddamn Crow T. Robot on uh, right. the podcast last <laughs> week. Um, uh, by the way, can I tell you a one a one Todd Jershell was having a uh, he uh, he was complimenting us on having uh, uh, having Grant on, uh, but then also uh, chuckling at us because we were not fully prepared to, because. Uh, and I'll be honest, guys. I don't look up people's shoot jobs when we have right. guests on. I, it's not like we've never done I, it with a wrestler. We've right. never done and, it with an entertainer. We right. are bringing them in as who they rep- as who they are. Right. And the the wrestling connection there was obviously his solo promoter channel, which is the one that I watch, which is right. how I found out about him. So yeah, the the mystery science theater thing was like blew both of our friggin' minds. So yeah, I was, blindsided yeah. us severely. Uh, the only wrestler. That we ever looked up their shoot job as part of the interview process was Luigi Primo. We had to see, that you know, was Luigi Primo? Maker. Was he actually a pizza maker? So, and the answer is um, yes. He makes the best pizzas. It turns out he does make it the best pizzas. But um, apparently, also Grant is uh, part of, uh, from what uh, Todd was telling me, is also part of the uh, Podcast Hall of Fame. Which who knows? First off, a that was a pad- Podcast Hall of Fame. Uh, but I guess he is a uh, he is a uh, a member of said Hall of Fame. So 
So there we go. We've even got an extra thing that we didn't know about. But Todd thought it was hysterical that we didn't have a clue going in that he like, yeah, you didn't know that. I'm like, Todd, why would I have looked that up? But yeah, why would it, from now on new show policy before every guest interview, we see if they are connected to Mr. Science Theater in some way. Right. We need to know your shoot job. Are you connected to MST3K in yeah. any way? Like, so is there a six degrees? Uh, we'll get Jordan Owens to figure it out. Is there a six degrees of separation right. between the guest and Mr. Science Theater? But Grant, if you're listening, I'm serious to, as a heart attack about challenging you to a match uh, with in Phil Singer games one day. So he better not happen. be on the run. He better. Hey, he not might be, be on the run. Down. I do believe there's going to have to be. I think a promo might have to be recorded at some point to uh, to make sure this is a thing here. So we'll see well, what happens. <laughs> so. I just realized. Uh, my pal uh, Derek, who is the best man at my wedding, owns a full working Tom Servo puppet. Amazing. So uh, we may have to borrow that for your that promo would, against him. That would be awesome. Yes, we, we, I think we 100% have to do that. So, <laughs> uh, Anyways, holy shit. We're two white guys talking. Uh, let's yeah. actually discuss something worth a damn for a second. So, uh, it, this By the way, two white guys talking, isn't that basically almost every podcast in the, in the wrestling 99% world right now? 99% of podcasts, two yeah. white guys talking. Uh, recently, you ventured out with the, the, the girls, the fam, and uh, I saw... Did. Black Panther Wakanda forever in the theaters. We did. And I'm very curious to hear uh, your take on it, specifically because you are a man of two worlds in this context. Number one, you are a comic book nerd. Number mm-hmm. two, you are a father of two. I'm going to say I, this sounds awful to say. I don't know if there's a better way to say it, but two mixed race girls. That's, that's a valid way to describe it. No, they are mixed race kids. My obviously for those that, have listened to the show a while. My the kid's mom is uh the uh, girl's mom is is African American. I am very much Caucasian, painfully um, white. Some would say supremely Caucasian. I am Caucasian with cheese. Uh, so uh, not to steal uh not to steal the cheeses gimmick. Uh, sorry about that. But uh, yeah, no. So the uh, uh we we did indeed go see the movie. I am going to I I will let you ask questions, but I will try to be as spoiler free as possible because. Uh, it didn't come out that long ago, and I don't want to be a dick and give away too much of the movie. So as a recap, what were, um, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down on first Black Panther? I uh, loved it. Thumbs up. Absolutely okay, wonderful movie. Uh, now, going into this one, did you have any particular expectations? Anything like that? Um, I, n- no, because I was doing a very good job of staying away from too many spoilers myself. Great. Um, I knew who the main bad guy was but i think they had pretty much easily given that away in the in the trailers uh that namor was your big villain um and uh the actor who plays namor is absolutely wonderful uh did an absolutely wonderful job with the character uh was namor in the comic books is a real uh, is a real dickhead some days yeah uh and this guy definitely played the he, he was a dickhead at some point. He was, uh, he, he played the character very well. Um, but, uh, I didn't walk in with too many expectations of other than I knew at some point they were going to deal with Chadwick Boseman's death and ultimately T'Challa's death because again, not spoiling anything. I'm pretty sure that was pretty obvious in the trailers, um, that that's kind of where they were going with it. So, uh, so I knew that was going to be a big, a big part of it. 
for for this movie. So, which I guess is it we is it strange to feel shocked that they did that? Uh because I, yeah. like in most movies you would just recast the part and call it a day. So, um I agree with I don't know if you have on do you uh follow on TikTok uh Straw Hat Goofy? I do actually. I do. Uh Straw Hat talked a little bit about the recasting like kind of fury that happened for a little while there. It's like, well, they should just recast the part. And I agree with what Straw Hat says about it. He said that the problem becomes is Chadwick Boseman was T'Challa and T'Challa was ultimately Chadwick Boseman. It Mm. was impossible to really, this is one of those moments where it was almost impossible to separate the character from the man. Um, and I think the only other person that I can think of in the MCU right away that if they were to have died in the middle of filming and they wouldn't have been able to recast them would have been Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. I Robert Downey Jr. I was literally just going to say, I'm like, oh, yeah, it'd be the same way if you tried to just recast Iron Man without some kind of like zany right. multiverse reasoning. If you were just like, right. now it's Tom Cruise. Like, you'd be like, hmm. Yeah, uh, no, uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. But then again, Tony, then again they, did that with, they did that with um, with Rhodey, because it was um, Terrence Howard, and then they made it Don Cheadle. But I, I hate to say this, and don't get me wrong, I love Terrence Howard as an actor. Um, I don't know if he had really, in, it, it was so ingrained in the part that That's recasting true. that was going to be difficult. Same with, like, I hate to say it, I really like Tom Holland as Spider-Man. But I, I, they've already proven you can recast Spider-Man and and get away with it. Um, I think if Tom Holland were to have passed, I think you could easily recast Peter Parker and put another actor in there. But like Robert Downey Jr., I just don't see it happening. Same, but and that, and I think ultimately Chadwick Boseman is going to be the only other person that I can really think of in the MCU that if you tried to recast him, I think it would have just rang hollow. Um, I, I don't think it would have it would have worked. Um, and I think the way they handled his death in real life with Marvel and the way they handled his passing in the movie um, made as much logical sense as it as it could for the situation they were in. Um, without saying too much more, because I don't want to. I, I will say they deal with this right at the beginning of the movie. They, I don't think they had much of a choice in the matter, but they deal with it right at the beginning of the movie. And um, the whole beginning of the movie is right up there with like the first 10 minutes up. You're just like, you're crying by the end, but you're right. crying by right. the end. of it. Um, and then I don't think I'm too spoilery in saying this normally, obviously after they have like kind of your cold opening portion of the movie that they, that Marvel does like to do they will then cut into the Marvel logo, which mm. usually has the big triumphant Marvel music and the flashing of all the different characters. And it's a great way to like start your movie. Silence, purple instead of red, nothing but Chadwick Boseman. Wow. So if you weren't crying beforehand, 
you're definitely crying now because that was how they how they handled the beginning of the movie um and just absolutely like beautiful opening excellent setup um and again i don't think i'm saying too much here by saying a lot of this movie is really dealing with grief and loss which i i noticed um has really kind of become a hallmark of this portion of the Marvel timeline. Yeah. That's what a lot of people have been saying is that like this, you know, you know, fourth generation of the MCU has been, has kind of come around to being about grief and how we move on. Right. So, uh, and, and I mean, obviously for phase four, they have a lot of grief to deal with. You know, Iron Man has passed away, uh, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, watching WandaVision and dealing with, mm-hmm. you know, Wanda's loss of, of vision and then ultimately the loss of her kids and moving that grief into uh, multiverse of madness and et cetera, et cetera. Um, this really deals with it very head on at points. Um, and I think not only deals with grief, but it it really sits in the pocket of that stage of grief. You know, those, you know, they they talk about the seven stages of grief, uh, the uh, anger portion of it. Mm. This deals a lot with like the anger and rage that loss can make you feel. Um, and it's it's a it's a hard story to tell but I thought it was a well done story to tell uh, and you know, kind of how that is handled by the characters and not just one character by multiple characters, mm-hmm. um, how that's handled was really handled excellently. Um, I also did say when I left the theater that um, I thought Angela Bassett deserves an award for this movie, but because it's a comic book movie, she's not going to get it. Um, I, hear, I think it was, might have been Straw Hat described like Angela Bassett's performance was she was gonna like lose her shoot house if this movie didn't do well like that's how hard she's acting like yeah she's putting it all on the fucking line she throws everything into this role and it's absolutely amazing to watch she is a brilliant actress and like I said I hope she does get something out of this um I will say there are a, a lot of unexpected twists and turns that I, again, I do not want to give away for you because I definitely gasped out loud a couple times during the movie. Um, actually three times in particular that I can think of that they made me go, Oh, they're going to do that. Okay. Um, so I don't want to give them away as we get later on or when it hits Disney plus, we can talk a little bit more about some of those moments. Um, but there's a lot of like, and other people are telling me, oh, I saw that coming. Well, I didn't. So they they had a few things that definitely surprised me. Um, also, I want to give a big shout out to um, Winston Duke, uh, mm. who plays, you know, M'Baku, is absolutely great. Is absolutely wonderful in this movie. Steal, steals pretty much every scene he's in. Um, and it's just a joy to watch on here. And. I love the growth of his character from the first movie to now. And I'm hoping for a lot more of him and his character as time goes on. Actually, Mbaku is ultimately becoming, um, I would like, they're slowly starting to get a bunch of side characters 
that uh, I, I feel like you could almost put like the side Avengers together. Yeah, and which I mean, that's how it, true like, comic books are. Like, right. Uh, but like Mbaku and um, Wong and um, I can't remember Aquafina's character's name from uh, 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 Shang-Chi, but she was excellent. Uh, but they, yeah, they've got a lot of really like decent side characters that I could easily see them like put them together in a team up and they would be wonderful. And it would be a great, it would be a great movie, but, uh, but he, he was absolutely wonderful throughout the movie too. So, so question is how did the girls like the movie? Uh, the girls really liked it. Um, for the most part, I think it is, I know Cheyenne enjoyed it. I think Piper, Piper ended up having to go to the bathroom like three times throughout the movie. And that is usually my sign that she's a little bit bored. Mm. Um, because the movie definitely has some slow spots and some very emotional spots, which at age eight, she just doesn't quite That's get just yet. not her bag, baby. Right. Um, but Cheyenne, especially over the past, you know, couple of years, uh, really has a, a, a bit more of an understanding of loss than I kind of wish she did right. at age 12, right. but, um, you know, shit happens sadly. So. But uh, I think she, she really seemed to enjoy it as well. We all came out of there really in, enjoying the movie. And uh, no, it was really. And and I, I am very pleased that um, there's a couple. And, and again, representation matters there. You know, Shuri is obviously a, a very big part of this movie, uh, as is uh, Riri Williams, a.k.a. Ironheart. Um, I'm not spoiling anything by saying she is a big part of this movie. She's in the trailer, so it's not a surprise. Uh, and I was pleased with how both characters were handled. And I'm sure it was recognized by my girls that like, Hey, we got a couple of strong African-American characters or African, you know, well, I guess African for, for, um, Shuri but a couple of strong black female characters in a movie and they handle themselves well. And, and there's more than that, but like they, they, I'm sure they could see a lot of themselves in those two characters. Uh, and I'm, and I'm perfectly happy about that. So good. good. That's what it should be. So. Well, it just, it just occurred to me mm-hmm. that uh, for uh, Luna's birthday, we went and saw one of the, like the flashback cinema, whatever, whatever. Uh, we saw the the live action Grinch. Okay. And so we're sitting there in the theater. It's one of Luna's favorite holiday films, as we've mm-hmm. talked about on the show before. And there's actually like a pretty decent audience in there, which I was surprised by because we've done the flashback cinema things on quite a few occasions and it's like there's like five people this was actually like a almost a a packed house and the reason why i just thought of this was because you mentioned gasping a couple of times during the movie and so there's some children seeing this movie um seeing it for the first time in the theater it is completely silent through the whole viewing like not even a chuckle just everyone's dead serious watching this Jim Carrey Grinch movie. Even during the silly stuff for kids 
like, you know, the shopkeep getting burped in the face and then he like passes out, you know, the, the dog biting, you know, the Grinch on the butt and, you know, the cat attacking him during the, the, the Christmas stealing montage and all that stuff. You know, a lot of zany kind of stuff happening in that movie. Totally silent. The part when the Grinch is like stealing all the shit and he's stealing the presents from uh, Jeffrey Tambor's house, Mayor Mayhew. And in his sleep, the mayor's like, hey, Martha May, have you ever kissed a man who's got his tonsils taken out twice? And the Grinch is like, oh, hold on. And he picks up Max and Jeffrey Tambor <laughs> French kisses a dog's asshole. And the only time in the whole movie there's like an eight-year-old in the back row who it's kiss the butthole time and this kid is dying laughing. <laughs> like, this is the epitome of comedy. And his laugh made me laugh because I was like, oh yeah, this does happen. And then you hear this little kid just like, ah! <laughs> Just like it's never even occurred to him. Like this is the funniest fucking thing that's ever been put to film. Charlie Chaplin, suck my dick. Co yeah. Comedy will never get better than this moment. And it made me laugh. This kid just dying laughing at that made me laugh, especially not hearing a peep out of him for the entire rest of the film. Just, right. I was like, this is why movies are amazing. Right. Yeah. I was disappointed. I heard, I guess at the, uh, at a theater, I think in Polk, it might have been Polk Theater. Um, they just had a uh, a showing of the room apparently recently that was yes. sadly very very under under uh, under attended. And I'm I'm very sad by that fact. So that is a bummer. Although when I saw it uh, live, that was because Greg Sestero, aka Mark from the Room, was doing his book tour. Right. So that was I like, think Greg. I think Greg Sestero was supposed to be there for that because they were showing another one of his movies before it. Oh, I uh, want to see and then, that. He just made and a then new he one had to and cancel. apparently sucks balls. <laughs> and then he had, to, he had to, I guess, cancel last second for reasons. Um, mm. I don't know if I ever heard the reasons why, but, um, but yeah, that's why uh, I, I'm, I'm questioning if maybe if he was there, if it would have been more readily yeah, attended so. or not. He but. probably canceled because, you know, um, he was fed up with this world. Um, yeah, I mean, or someone didn't put their stupid comments in their pocket or <laughs> other very specific references to the room, to the room. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's all the Grinch. It was great. Um, oh, I forgot. I have to show Starling what happened to the girl who played Cindy Lou. What happened? Did she become like an adult star or something? Why do I seem to remember her? She's or am I the fucking lead singer of the Pretty Reckless, which is actually a pretty goddamn good rock band. Okay. And not for nothing, you can ask Luna, she's hot as fuck. Right. I think like, that's why I thought she may have had... Every one of their album covers is adult Cindy Lou, like, naked on a gravestone. And you're just like, fucking, yeah, okay, great. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for that, so... Uh, speaking of holiday classics, so there's uh -huh. a new show, I believe, on Disney Plus, which is like the Santa Claus's TV show based off like yes. the Tim Allen Santa Claus movies. Yes. And um, I haven't watched it yet. I have not heard terribly great things. And Tim Allen is a little bit shaky at best these days because of his right. 
you know, assholery outside of uh, filming. Um, but we are in a very similar pickle to when Ghostbusters Afterlife was coming out. What would that you pickle go, be? Well, Zach, what, what could you mean by that? Like, I... the that was a, a big nostalgia movie. This is a kind of sort of nostalgia TV show, but I don't understand the correlation. Is the ghost of Harold Ramis going to show up in this show? Right. No. The conundrum, the pickle that we're in, is any longtime listeners of the show may remember my big grievance was, oh, fuck, I don't want to really see this movie but I'm really getting jammed up the asshole with merchandise that I've been waiting my whole goddamn life for. Okay. And now we're getting that shit with the Santa Claus. What did they have come out? They have the Scott Kaufman pajama set. Oh, Jesus. Like the fancy one with his initials on it. Yeah. They have the fucking little, um, like, stovetop uh, mug. That's got like the thousand year old Christmas cocoa in it that you can buy. They have uh, the ladder from the like, it rose such a clatter ladder company as like right. a paperweight with the Santa Claus like business card on it. Oh, like God. they're rolling out painfully specific merchandise from the first movie, I don't know, 147 years after the fact. And they might, as well, like, be just, they might as well be embroidering like, this with your name on it right now. Jesus Christ. This that's is like what fake. I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. This merch is amazing. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. Like, we're going to end up buying all this dumb shit. And I don't care about this show. <laughs> you know, speaking of shows and Christmas that I don't know if you care about, um, I, I, I'm sure we've talked about this movie before, but I do not remember your immediate reaction to it. What is your overall thought on A Christmas Story? Great question. It is absolutely a situation where the older I get, the more I understand the movie. Right. Even though I'm not, like, from that era. But, you know, it's a thing. Um, but overall, I don't really give a shit. Um, okay. that, I know it's on... 24 hours on Christmas on TNT or whatever. Right. But um, don't really give a shit. So I know then, what, like, some mm -hmm. memes of it, I guess you'd say like, oh, fudge or like the little orphan Annie decoder ring or right. the bumpuses dogs and the, the lamp and the shit. Like I get it, but I'm like, I don't fucking care. Okay. So then I'm assuming you have the same level of don't care for A Christmas Story Christmas that just came out. I'm interested to see where that goes. Simply so because what the fuck story are we telling here? Like, you know, the, it, yes, they're bringing the original kid back, but like, that's just par for the course now. They're, they're not only bringing the original, they're bringing all the original kids back, apparently. Except for the mom. The mom's been being played by a different actress, and I don't know why. Um, I thought the mom is not the same actress. That's disappointing. No. Uh, and obviously, I I believe from what I know, it is Ralphie coming home to try to like show his kids the Christmas he had as a kid, um, and kind of honoring his old man because they the old man has passed away 
both in real life, the actor passed away many yes. years ago. But I guess that's kind of how they're honoring it in the movie, too, is that like, oh, the old man passed away. So it's like. We got to try to bring, you know, kind of Christmas back around for the kids. So um, I'm way too excited to see this movie and it's on HBO right now. It's on HBO Max. And interesting. I am fighting the urge to immediately. Now, are you a big fan of the original? I fucking love the original movie. Are you? I am. And that's got to be because like you were probably catching the tail end of that, like um, that kind of sort of era. Yes. Uh, You know what this is? This is the uh, I I can officially I have a perfect description for this. A Christmas story is to me what Hocus Pocus is to you and Luna. Okay. Okay. Like. You're like, it's there, it's uh, like, I get it, but it's not that great. Meanwhile, like I said the same thing about Hocus Pocus, it's like, okay, it was cute, but like, I don't get what all the fury is about it, but. Right, like I I see, like I acknowledge the like, the nostalgia and the, like, you know, referencing a simpler time and, you know, the, 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 how life really was, it does a really good job of like showcasing the, the difficulty of life when you are that young that like right. people don't you know acknowledge in your time um but again i wouldn't be like oh i can see why you would want a 24-hour marathon of it but if right. you told me oh hey the day before halloween they're gonna do a 24-hour marathon of hocus pocus i'd be like well oh, yeah okay we can watch at least a couple rounds of it see how far right. we get which is exactly what i do on christmas i try to catch like i'll see where it is and then like and because I've seen the movie so many times, like I know how far in I am. I will, if even if I come in in the middle, I will finish that one and then watch around to where I started from the last movie just to make sure I've caught it all. Like that's the type of weird shit I'll do sometimes during Christmas is to make sure I've seen it at least once. So I know I'm excited about it, but yeah, it's like much like, and probably, quite honestly, I'm sure if I go out and start looking for merchandise for it, they probably well. But see, the Christmas Story already has a shit ton of merchandise out already, so I guess yeah, I really it's merchandise to shit. But like that one, but yeah. I will say that of that merchandise to shit, it's also like two fucking lines. It's like fragile with the goddamn lamp, and it's like you'll shoot your eye out, kid. And like you right. can get a thousand T-shirts of that, and you get a thousand you know, bobbleheads of him in the, in the bunny jammies, but like not really anything super substantial, I would say. You know, the funny part is that was one of the things that really connected me to that movie was actually the bunny pajamas. Um, because when I was a kid, I actually, when I was very young, um, probably younger than Piper, Piper's eight now. So I was probably five or six at this time frame. Uh, my mom apparently for how like a Halloween thing they were doing in my hometown borrowed a pink bunny costume from her boss, my like godmother. Uh, Cause she had made a pink bunny costume for something else. And to this day, my mom still laughs because they had a costume contest. And apparently when a pink bunny walks in, they didn't ponder because all I could, all you could, it looked like that costume. All you could see right. was my face. Um, they apparently saw pink bunny costume and immediately assumed, that's a girl, and I won best costume for the girls. And Hell then they yes. were like, uh, he's a boy, actually. I'm like, give me the prize anyway. I don't care. Right. Yeah, so, don't spoil this for me. 
Right. But yeah. Uh, and we still laugh at that to this day. And there's definitely pictures out there of me in the pink bunny costume. Um, but yeah, so that, that might be another big thing that me and Ralphie have in common. So, well, amazing. But Zach, you had one other thing you wanted to bring up. I know you and me had a few topics we talked talked about pre-show. What the heck was the what the heck was the last oh, one? Oh well, overdue by a lifetime. AEW is apparently uh, bringing out a contract for one AR Fox. Yeah. Somebody who, if you are ever in the like Southern independent wrestling scene, he has had such a huge influence over the style of so many amazing competitors. And I don't think he gets near enough credit. So AR Fox showed up on AEW. Allegedly there's a contract being talked about. Uh, and I think it's super deserved. I absolutely yeah. think it's super deserved. No, hundred percent. AR Fox is an absolutely amazing talent who I have gotten the absolute pleasure of seeing in person a few times. Uh, because especially I, think he was doing a lot of stuff with like FIP and Evolve for mm-hmm, quite a mm-hmm. while. And so he was down here in Florida all the time. I, I don't think I've ever seen a bad match from AR Fox. Fantastic and, and, talent to have. And also fantastic teacher. He runs a school you. in Georgia and has taught so many excellent people. We obviously the Wode uh, w- worked with him for a bit. Uh, Bobby Flacco. Right. Uh, there's so many talented people that you can look at them and you go, ah, it's an Air Fox kid. Like, yeah. he has had such a, a reach in terms of talent in the South. And so yeah. I really hope that that works out. I hope he gets paid boatloads of money. He absolutely deserves it. Um, yeah. And come be on our show. I don't know. What the hell? Yeah. I don't know if I've ever reached out to I think I tried to reach out once. Uh, so I have to might well I don't know it'd probably be too late now now he's under yeah a bit you might be a and I imagine the price is going up probably and deservedly so um like I said the man deserves his kudos the man deserves a contract yeah definitely uh more AR Fox on my television and uh, you know actually can I can I make a brief request uh Tony Khan if you're listening um AR Fox and uh, uh, Swerve Strickland is a pretty damn good match and highly Mm -hmm. recommend that you put that together. Um, cause they had a couple matches when they were both working for Lucha underground, which were absolutely killer. Uh, so they, uh, they need to have that on a bigger stage. Not that Lucha underground wasn't wonderful, but, um, yeah, no, it needs to be on. They, they need to seem be, need to be seen nationwide against each other. So, totally agree. There's my request. So that's it folks. That's our mini sode here. Um, go yep. back, listen to our amazing interview last week where we got our minds blown halfway through. Um, and Chad, uh, it's time to get your shit in, pal. Uh, at IndyCast, I-N-D-Y-K-A-S-T on all social media, except for TikTok, where you can find me at IndyCast Maximus. Uh, I've been throwing up some very interesting questions, including a, a controversial one a little while ago that hasn't gotten any traction yet, but I'm sure it will, <laughs> uh, where I say that uh, uh, Logan Paul should fight uh, John Cena at WrestleMania and Bad Bunny should dethrone Roman Reigns. So let's go. see what let's see what people think about that. Um, but uh, other than that, uh, buy our merchandise at uh, fullygimmicked.com, uh, including the brand new uh, hat that I've been wearing legitimately all over the place. The trust me, I am a professional wrestling nerd, uh, which I've had <laughs> at least at least two or three people stop me about uh, just randomly. So I've been very pleased with that. Um, uh, also, uh, wrestlingnerds.us to find out if you're not subscribed already, where you can go to listen to us, subscribe, uh, et cetera, et cetera. 
And uh, Zach, anything interesting on Fully Gimmick or uh, Brain Buster video that we should know? Uh, well, we just recently had our uh, 800 uh, sub giveaway uh, nice. on the Instagram for Brain Buster. So I have a couple new titles that I'm putting together here uh, that'll be dropping shortly. But mostly we're just prepping for uh, Spookala in December. So I try nice. to throw together as many tapes as I can between now and then. And Luna is throwing together some fantastic art. So if you're in the Ocala area mid-December, I believe it's the 17th and 18th of December, make your way to Spookala. It's going to be bananas. Absolutely. So, it's in the well, weird horse city. Anyway. Yeah. So. Well, everybody, uh, and on that now, oh, uh, one more shit to get in. Oh. Uh, the Wrestling Nerds, uh, officially a uh, sponsor of a oh, uh, yeah. holiday-themed wrestling show here coming up where all the proceeds are going to uh, a local uh, charity that gives out kids, uh, gives kids Christmas toys. Uh, we decided to become one of their treetop sponsors. Uh, so uh, we will have to have somebody on about that show in the next uh, couple weeks here. I to think really we're going to have to have up. Logan Cruz on the show. I, I uh, believe Logan Cruz. For the holidays, 2022. Yeah. Uh, so if you happen to be in uh, the uh, Tampa Bay area, uh, I believe this show is in the uh, Largo area, if I remember correctly. Uh, it's at Cage uh, Brewing, it looks like. Okay. So uh, you, you don't, I do not have my phone directly oh, okay. in front so of me. Okay. So it looks like so it's at Cage Brewing me. December the 4th. Um, yep. They just announced Big Con from formerly from the Ascension. Um, Jake Sterling and Logan Cruz versus Snoop Strikes and Wheezy T. Which would be a killer match. Um, yeah, they've been making all kinds of crazy announcements. It's been uh, pretty pretty amazing. And so, yes, thrilled to be sponsoring such an amazing show. Uh, the D- December the 4th, St. Petersburg at Cage Brewing. 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 Yeah. Cage burrowing, um, so. burrow at the cage at, for holiday. Um, I'm already drunk. Anyway, so yes, please go out, support that. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then go to Ocala and see us slinging dumb shit with my Disney Princess TV. Exactly. So yeah, and come, uh, come uh, go see Zach and Ocala. Come see. Uh, uh, I will probably be there later on in the uh, more uh, a little you more past the beginning. Don't have a hair on your sack if you don't show up to that show dressed as the goddamn ghost of Christmas present. Uh, since I have a show later on that day, I might have, I might not have a choice in the matter, but I will, <laughs> I will Just show I will, up in gimmick. Like, Hey man, I got another booking after this. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I will, uh, I will gladly do that. I will, I will be behind the, uh, the wrestling nerds table, which, uh, we do get a table apparently. Okay. So, uh, I will have to, uh, I, I'll Offer have to table talk to you for the peanut gallery. Yeah, I'll have to talk. Well, I also have to talk to you off air about the stuff we could put on that table. But uh, so, uh, but yeah, we will. Uh, so I will be out there. Yeah, and I will. I will gladly come out in costume if they will let me take my costume out of the. Uh, I could probably just sneak it out like the, every Marvel. Right, exactly. Like just actor. steal it and then just walk it. It'll be great when I pull up in the car later on dressed in the in full outfit. So that yeah. should be a blast too. Yeah. So. Well, excellent, everybody. Well, uh, that is the end of the show. So until next time, uh, Wrestling Nerds, thank you for listening to the IndyCast. Uh, I am, as always, Chad Allen, uh, Coculus Maximus. I am Zach Romero, a.k.a. the American Cream Busty Rhodes. 
Nice. We, we picked a new one. I like it. So, and until <laughs> next time, everybody, we always say, Deuces. Hercules Mulligan. A jump scare is the Canadian destroyer of horror films. Pardon me. Might I suck my own dick for a second? I'm ready to greet the day, you fucker. <laughs> Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. <laughs> it's that dirty ass Meryl Street. We are. We're touching wieners. Not touching wieners you. professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six pack and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big, queer, stone cold Steve Austin. Love dick. Birds don't give a fuck about your life.